The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Father, we want to honor and glorify who you are. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the name above all names. We worship you. We exalt and magnify who you are. We glorify you. We ask, oh God, come amongst us with your holy presence. Let the glory of who you are be imparted to our hearts. Open the understanding of our minds to you. Give to us wisdom, knowledge, and revelation through the power of your Holy Spirit that our hearts may be strengthened and encouraged this very day. We are looking to you because you alone are God. Apart from you, there is no other. You are the one who sits on the throne. You are the one who orchestrates all things. It is to you and to you alone that we bring our praise, our adoration, the name that is above every other name, the powerful name of Jesus. We give you worship and adoration this morning. We glorify you and honor you and give you the praise. Amen. Amen. As we were singing those songs this morning, as we were being led so well, it just encouraged me to think, we must think how big our God is. Our God is able to help us. Our God is able to help us. The situations that you are facing, the difficulties, the trials, the the things that are coming against you, the things that are tripping you up, you need to know this. God is able to help you and his son Jesus Christ came to set you free from the power of sin and death. He died to save us from our sins. He rose again to show that he is alive and is able to help us today. He rose again from the dead. He could have just died for sin and we could have looked to Jesus. But he didn't want us just to look to him for an act of the past. He wants us to look to him for help for today. Do you need help in your life? Are you looking for help? Are you looking for transformation? Are you looking for change? Are you wanting to see something different in your life to what you have been seeing? Jesus is the answer for the world today. People don't understand it, but we need to take hold of it, that we are looking to Jesus. In this place, we have come to worship him, to declare that he is able. Our hearts are often faint. Our hearts sometimes let us down. Our thinking sometimes catches us out. Sometimes we can think, well, is he? Is he able? He is able because he hasn't changed. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he has done in the past, he is able to do today. And in our hearts, we still think sometimes, well, is that true? Is he able? We hold on to the powerful name of Jesus because it is by faith in Jesus that we overcome. It's by faith in him. Faith is taking hold of those promises. It's not an idle thing that we have. We don't just come to church for niceness or for moral purity or to make us look good. We come because we need help. I come here because I need to meet with God 
to help me, to strengthen me, to guide me, to lead me, to enable me to live not only for the rest of this day, but for next week. So we've come here for purpose. Now, I know this is called Vision Sunday, and I'll come on to that in a moment. But we need to know why we are here, folks. We're here because we need the living God. Do you know the living God? I'm asking you that because you may be in this place this morning. And you know what? You say, well, I know God or I know this. No, do you know Jesus? Because he is one who will walk with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He wants to enter into your life so that you know the reality of God. The the spiritual realm around us, the enemy is seeking always to distract, to confuse, to take us off track, to cause things to happen in our lives that will make us think that God isn't good. And it causes confusion, but you know what? Day follows night. You know that? Who brings the day and who brings the night? Who orchestrates the season? Who orchestrates the weather? Who makes the flowers? Who feeds the birds? It is our God who is on the throne. And day by day, he is overseeing all of these things. These things that pass us by so easily. These things that just seem to, oh, we take it for granted. Let's stop this morning and take nothing for granted. And let us declare God is for us. And he is able to help us. He is the lifter of our heads. And he's the lover of our souls. I declare that sometimes when I'm praying. You are the lifter of my head. That means he is able to lift us up when we've been bowed down. Circumstances cause us to be bowed down. Unbelief, difficulties in the families, difficulties in our workplace, not having enough money, finding bills that are overcoming, the car breaks down, the boiler breaks down, the kids need something at school, pressures coming against us, they bow us down. Our God is the lifter of our heads. And not only that, he is the lover of our souls. He is the one who declares over you, I love you, no matter what you have done, no matter what has been done to you, no matter if you feel soiled, no matter if you feel difficult, dirty, whatever it is, I love you. It's the message of heaven. Folks, this is the message of heaven. There is a God who loves you in heaven and wants relationship with you. Ask yourself this question, do I feel I have a relationship with him? If you haven't, and if you can't say yes, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day when God wants to meet with you, when he wants to open your heart. Will you give him your life? Will you give him your life? Will you extend your life to him? Will you put your faith and your trust in him? Will you abandon everything else to say, Jesus, I'm following you? It is faith. It's faith. You can't always see it. You can't always touch it. But you know what? You can experience it. Because his presence can come to you to change you, to help you. Circumstances can change and alter in your life. When everybody else fails you, Jesus will never let you down. Will never let you down. This is why we're here this morning. This is why we sing with joy the songs that we have been singing. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. It is a beautiful name and we want to lift that name up. Now you might also say, well, why on earth this morning, beginning of the summer holidays, do we want to talk about vision? Because it's like, well, we're just giving up. We're just going on holiday. We're just running away. Why do we want to talk about vision? Well, there's a number of reasons why. Firstly, because actually this time gives us time to process as we're coming into a season of change. The end of the school holidays really marks the end of a season. 
Okay, that's that term finished. That's that school year finished. That's that ended. And there is a sense in which we've walked away from something. And although there may be some holiday period here, we're actually now entering into a new season. And that season takes on full life when people I know come back from their holidays and they're now saying, like, right, the children are going up into another year. They're going up maybe even into another school. There is those moments of change that are coming upon us. And so it's good for us just to be able to talk and refresh ourselves in the vision of what we're doing. When we're talking about vision, as a person, I, I, these words, they get big words. What on earth are we talking about? What is it that we are about as a church and how are we going to go about it? That's what vision is all about. Vision is trying to paint a picture of the things that we would like to see. It's trying to say, look, we want to see this happen in the church. Well, if we want to see that happen, what do we need to do to make that happen? And so people talk about vision and they have all these big words. And sometimes it just makes me laugh. You're just trying to tell me what you're looking for, what you want to see and how you're going to see it. And that's really what we want to explain a little bit this morning, what we want to see and how we want to see that come to pass. We also want to share some vision this morning because there are some new changes and new things that are happening. I don't know whether anybody's noticed any new changes here this morning. Well, we had a new worship leader. Jacob was shut up in the box. We've got new singers. We heard about that. Jacob's getting hot. He's already lost two pounds. Just, you know. Did you notice the screens were different? Yes, if you didn't, you're now thinking, like, why didn't I notice that? There's a new system. I'm, I, don't, I don't know all the ins and outs, but there's a system at the back there that Rick at the moment is trying to take hold, control of. And so it, we can have new backgrounds, and it's a better, more efficient way of projecting things on the screens. This just enables us to communicate. It enables us to be able to see things more clearly. And when we eventually get some HD cables in, then you'll be able to see things even more clearly. So there's some, just little bits and pieces that are new and are going on around that we just want to be able to uh, let you know about. And anyway, it's good for us to be able to be hearing again, well, what is it we're about? Because sometimes we literally just come to a service and say, oh, I'll come to the service. That was nice. Let's go home. Let's carry on with Sunday lunch or whatever it might be. We want to actually be reminded in ourselves what it is, what are we living for? Now that we've come to know Jesus, what is it that we're living for? What is it that we're seeking to press in? And you know, for us as a church, the scripture that we take hold of, or if you like, the vision and the scripture that goes with our vision is that of what the Bible or scholars call the Great Commission. It appears in Matthew 28, and it's going to appear on the screen there for you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's known as the Great Commission. And that's what Jesus asked his disciples to go and do. And therefore, as Jesus asked his disciples of old, we who are now saying we are disciples of Jesus Christ, we want to take hold of his words, his message, his instruction to us, and act it out in the way that we do church. Now, for us as church, we want to unpack that a little bit, and we use three simple phrases to actually unpack that scripture. We want to reach people... We want to make disciples, and we want to build God's kingdom. Now, again, you can just put up words like that. Let's say, okay, that's fine. But this is really important, reaching people. You go and make disciples. We need to go to people. We need to reach other people so that they can hear about Jesus. 
Do you know what? If people have nobody to go to them, they do not hear about Jesus. Some people have the visitation of angels because God has found, well, nobody's gone to them. I need to make myself known to them. Sometimes God can cause people to have questions that arise in their hearts and in their minds that they themselves may seek after him. But so often God chooses to use us because he wants his people to be involved in his mission. And he wants to use us to reach people. Reaching people is what we are about. And as we reach those people, we want to see them made into disciples of Jesus Christ. And as we are building people into disciples, what we are also seeking to do is to establish the kingdom of God. Now again, these are big phrases. What do we mean by establishing the kingdom of God? What we're saying is we want to see the way that God wants life done, as it is in heaven, because that's the place where what he wants to happen happens. We want to see those same things happening here upon the earth. And what does that look like? You see, because in heaven there is no sin. That's the first thing. Imagine a world without sin. Imagine a world where people are loving each other, are caring for one another, are protecting and looking after one another, are comforting and encouraging one another. Imagine a world where everyone is praising and worshipping the living God. That's something what the kingdom of God looks like. And we want to see the values of God's kingdom. The fact that we love other people. The fact that we'll go the extra mile with other people. The fact that we will forgive people. The fact that we want to help and encourage other people. And of course, tell them about the God that we serve. But these are things that we want to see happen. This is the kingdom coming. So when you see people loving and caring and helping one another, it's part of the kingdom of God that's coming upon the earth. Where you're seeing peace and truth and righteousness prevail, it's the kingdom of God that is coming upon the earth. And we want to see God's kingdom come. We want to see the lost being found. We want to remember that we don't just gather together as a people, or the reason we want to meet Jesus isn't just because he's nice, it's because without Jesus we will die in our trespasses and sins. The wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. There is a consequence to our sinful behavior. The way that we have walked in has been in enmity against God. And we must remember that those ways need to be organized, need to be cleansed, need to be sorted out. There needs to be a price that is paid for the sin that we have committed. Now, Jesus has paid that for us, but we will need to tell other people about that. You know, people out in the world, people who don't know Jesus, in their hearts, they are searching for something that will bring them peace. Many people in this world, they are living for what money can buy them. They're living with a hope of something, but it's not the hope of salvation, and they don't know the peace that only God can bring. He brings peace that is beyond understanding. He is the prince of peace, after all. He is able to do that. And so many people in the world, they're going about business, they're doing their jobs, they're looking after their children, they're going on holiday, they're doing what we would say, well, that's just normal life. They're doing those things, but they don't have the peace within them. They have guilt because of the things that they have done wrong. See, we forget sometimes the peace that God brings to our lives. The forgiveness that we have been walked in. When you gain forgiveness for your sins, it's like a weight is being taken off of you. Literally, people go, what? I'm, you know, I've changed. 
How did I change? Well, that weight of condemnation that was against you because of the things you had done wrong has been lifted off of your shoulders. We want to share these things with people. That is why we talk about people who are lost. They don't know these things. They're lost in their trespasses and sins, but we want to hear, take them, the message of Jesus to them. We want to impact our society. Let's, let's just move on. I've got another picture to show you on the screen here. This just gives you some indication of what we are about as a church. We are reaching people to bring them to services like this on Sunday. I mean, we just called it Sunday service. The idea is that when we come together, not only do we worship God, but we connect with one another. And as we connect with one another, it gives us the ability to build relationships. You know how important friendship is to us? Every one of us doesn't want to be alone. We want to have friends. We want to have people who are around us in our lives, people who can give us encouragement, people who can speak into our lives, people who can say things to us as it is. We need all sorts of people, but we need one another. We need a community of people. And therefore, we need to come to church and we connect with one another, not only worshipping God, but we're connecting with one another over friendship and over the help that we need in our lives. Those connections are so important. And as we connect together, we want to build people into disciples. Discipling doesn't just happen because I tell you this is what you need to do. Sometimes we need to tell people what they need to do. We need to show people what they need to do. We need to help people with what they need to do. And as they're doing that, we want to be changed ourselves as they help us to change in our ways, in our behavior, in the way that we say things, in the way that we are. It's a, this is a whole thing about community of people. And we want to see a community of people being built here that are being educated in the ways of God but are encouraging and discipling one another to what end? So that we might just have a church full of people? No. So that we might have a church full of people who go out and tell others about Jesus. There has to be a sending about us. Not just a gathering, a closing, a locking of the doors, a club atmosphere. We are not a club. Sometimes we behave like a club, but we are not a club. We are a community of people, a living people living in Jesus, living stones is what the Bible talks about us being, who are the church of God. Because this living community is the church. The building is not the church. The building is the place where we happen to be meeting today. We are the church. And the church doesn't stay here on, during the week. The church goes out all over Bromley, over London, to very many different places, people doing many different things, connecting with different people so that they may hear about Jesus. That is what we are about, reaching, training, and sending. Uh, there are challenges, of course. Last week, we had a service with Junior, who was sharing at our open house. And maybe in one sense, it was a slightly different service. So how, whether we heard the gospel really clearly, I don't know. You did hear the gospel in what he said, but you certainly saw faith in this man. And the testimony he brought about how he had to get to a point of laying his life down to know that God was able to use him. God was able to use him, but it's when he actually said, okay, God, you can do what you want, that God really used him. Used him to raise that lady from the dead. Used him to pray for others in a very difficult and challenging situation to see many people come through. How passionate are we for souls? You know, I, I can look at you... But really, I talk to myself on this issue. How passionate am I for souls? I want to see people saved. I want to see people changed because I know that God has changed my life. Therefore, I want that goodness to go to others. 
What I'm realizing more and more is this, is it's great to have a desire to see that happen. The thing is, God has appointed me to make it happen. And he's appointed you. In other words, he wants to involve us in this activity of saving souls. Because we all carry that sense of like, you know, when somebody comes to me and asks me a question, I'll be happy to give them an answer. Well, sort of, depending on the circumstances. But most of us are going to say, I'm happy to get involved. I'm happy to do my thing. The thing is, God wants you to go out there. Now that, oh, hang on a second, God. I, I, I don't mind people coming to me, but me going to others? Don't, don't you, even as I say it, don't you feel that? Uh? One is like, okay. The other's like, I'm uh? not sure. God wants to put us in a place of where we're, we're not really sure, we're trusting him. We have something that is literally life-giving that can see others saved. Do you believe other people need to be saved? When I look at the state of the nations, not just our nation, the state of the nations, the change that has taken place over the last few years, what you can say and what you can't say publicly, the power that there is in what people, or what humans speak is. You know, so if, if general public think that's wrong and their voice is heard, then a business or whatever has to apologize, or an MP has to apologize. But if the general public think it's okay, they can get away with things. What's the voice of the church in these days? There was time when William Booth was around, when he came to London, and he just saw the pubs were full of people drinking gin, people getting drunk, people whose lives were broken and messed up. And he said, I'm going to take Jesus to these people. Well, we don't see people necessarily drunk on gin outside in the high street. Sometimes you do. And certainly gin as a, as a, a spirit is becoming fashionable at the moment for people to drink. But we don't see those things. We don't see children in rags around our streets because so much more is sanitized and organized. But we see a community of people who have no hope and who are lost. We have a community of people who, when you want to talk to them about Jesus, say, who's he? I'm not interested in that. And inside my spirit, there's something that says, listen, you may not be interested, just as many of them weren't interested when William Booth went out to take the gospel to them. They were throwing stones at him, eggs and, you know, shouting things and being abusive. In those times, they were being the same. But there's one thing different in those times to now. He went. He went. And he proclaimed the gospel. And in the midst of the adversity, the Salvation Army was established where they took the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who needed to hear it. And you know what happened? He transformed London. But it was difficult. The opposition was intense. The battle was fierce. They were scared. Many things came against them. But one thing, they had God on their side. And God enables his people to overcome because he wants his word, his message to go forth to others. And so he overcame. There's a man called John Hyde. Sorry, I realize I've gone into preaching a bit rather than... But it's good to preach, isn't it? I hadn't had an opportunity for a while. <laughs> There's a guy called John Hyde, an American son of an American pastor, 
This is back in sort of like late uh, 1800, late 1880, that sort of time. And uh, his brother was going to be a missionary. His brother were, and the family were keen Christians. His brother was going to be a missionary, go overseas to India. Um, his brother died. And it touched John's heart that he felt that he should take up what his brother had been going to do. And so this guy who's slightly deaf, but a bit passionate for God, gets on a boat eventually and he's going out to India, in actual fact to Pakistan, uh, to that, Bangladesh, even to the area that Junior was talking about. Uh, and he was on a boat going out there. And on the boat he receives this, he opens a message from a real Christian friend, somebody who he'd relied on and trusted. And he reads this Christian, this Christian friend's note thinking it's going to be a note of great encouragement. And basically the note says, like, you know, I'm really praying for you that you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this guy thinks, like, what? I'm giving up my life. I'm doing everything for God. On that boat trip, he had time to think. He humbled himself and said, God, if you need me to be filled with your spirit, then fill me with your spirit. And he gets to India and he starts trying to learn the language. Not very good. He's deaf, you see. So, or not completely deaf, but half deaf. So he can hear some things, but you know when, when you're deaf, you don't pick up on every inton, you know, sound that there is in a language. And so it became known that he was sort of doing all right. It said of the people, we love his heart, we don't understand everything that he says. But he wanted to see souls. And so he started to pray more and more earnestly for people. This guy, John Hyde, eventually is known as John Praying Hyde because he's a man who prayed incessantly for India. And he saw things established. There was a conference that was established for that area and he used to gather the missionaries around because there were hardly any Christians around. They saw one or two people being saved. But what in his story, what interests me is he started out just wanting to be a missionary and then there came a point at the beginning of the conferences they started to have once a year where his passion to see people saved began to increase. And at the first conference, he said to everybody, it is my desire to see one person saved every day, 365 souls in a year. That is what I am praying for. People thought he was being a bit over the top. But at the end of that year, he sold 400 people saved. And at the next year at the conference, he says, I'm no longer asking for one soul a day. I'm asking for two souls. At the end of that year, 800 people were saved. And the third year he came back and he says, I'm no longer asking for two people a day. I want to see four souls a day. And it said of this man, if he didn't see souls saved, he would go before God agonizing so that the next day, instead of the two that he'd seen the previous day, he might see six saved so that he would see, on average, four people saved a day. And he accomplished that. Now, that's a great story, but you know what it made me realize? You don't start out in that place. You start out by realizing that God wants to use you. And I'm talking to you. Each one as an individual. God wants to use you to share his message of salvation. Doesn't matter how falteringly, doesn't matter whether you think you've got the words or not, it doesn't matter about you, he just wants to use you so that his power might be seen through you. So those people that you walk past at the bus stop, at the train station, the neighbours of yours that you don't know how, and even right now, the terror is rising in my soul, I don't know about yours, to think, what am I going to say? When am I going to say it? How am I going to say it? I have no idea. 
but I have to trust in him who knows all things and who is able to do all things, that through me he can be glorified and that souls can be won for his kingdom. You know what the word of God says? I didn't choose him, but he chose me and appointed me to bear fruit for his kingdom. And that's true for every one of us. When we come together in church, folks, we need to encourage ourselves. And if I had a message to give to you about what is the vision of this church, it is this. We want to see souls being reached for the kingdom of God. And if that means that we have to face our fears, then face them we must, because God's kingdom is, must prevail. In a nation where people don't know whether they're male or female or whether they're allowed to say they're male or female or whether they're allowed to say they're gay or straight or whatever, where you don't know what you're allowed to say or if you say something, you're going to offend somebody. Um, am I allowed to say this or shouldn't I or whatever? Or where do I get myself? In a state where the church doesn't know whether it should be saying I believe in the Bible, but there again I also believe that Jesus has taught me to love people. In a time when there is great confusion in our nation, we need to see the kingdom of God being established in our lives. And as far as this church is concerned, we want to reach old and young, male and female, rich and poor, educated and uneducated. The doors of the church are open, which is why we have open house Sundays, because the church is open to gay and straight, to people who know who they are, people who don't know who they are, people who've just taken drugs or are taking drugs or are alcoholics or whatever their issue may be because they need Jesus, because he is the only one who can save. He's the only one, the only one who can save people. And that is what we are about. And we must increasingly be about the need and the desire to raise within ourselves a passion to see souls. Jesus wants to use you Amen. to save souls. Every one of us. That's me as well. Where does he want us? On the front line, declaring to others that Jesus loves them. You know how sometimes you feel that that message is hollow. Listen, to somebody who is empty, that message is life. Somebody loves me. That's God in heaven. He loves me and he cares for me. So let's get on the front line. Now, I do understand that it's not just in this service, it's not just here in this room that all the activity takes place on a Sunday in this church. For many of us, you don't actually see all of the children's and youth work that happens outside of this place. But one of the big changes that we are seeking to bring at the moment is amongst our children's work. Some of you may have seen through social media, but last week we released an advert where we are looking to employ a children's pastor. Somebody who is going to take the leadership of our children's work and to lead the team of people dealing with zero up to 11 years, that whole age range, to lead that work for us. Now, in saying that we're looking for a new person and we're actually advertising widely, in fact, as widely as we can, and if you want to have the information, it is available on our website. And if you want to direct people that you know or you think could be good at this task, then direct them to that. Feel free to do so. Why? Because we want to have a great person employed in that. In saying we want to have a great person, I am in no way saying that those who have been doing this task and have been leading us are no good. Quite the opposite. We have got a place where we have built a solid foundation in our children's work. 
But just like anything else, it's like me saying to us as a church, do we want to improve? Do we want to move forward from where we are? Then we all recognize, or if we ask a different question, have we further to go? Then we say, yes, we've got further to go. And it's the same with our children. We have further to go. In a time when the times are changing, we want to be in a situation where our children's work can reach children with the knowledge of Jesus Christ in an even more effective way than we are doing at the moment. Somebody who has the passion and the ability to carry that and to help us as a church carry that through to the next stage. That is what we're looking for. But I want to say quite clearly and categorically, I want to thank every teacher, every leader who has been involved and is still involved and will still be involved with the children's work that we're doing. But a significant change is that we want to take We are looking to have this position filled by somebody who has the energy and capacity to help us take things to another level. In my heart, I feel that when you talk about Sunday school, you know, that seems to be a thing of the the past. I, I can see that there's so much need for that again. Because in the nation, people need to know that there is a moral climate, there's a moral teaching that they can bring to their children. The thing is, the pressure in the world, the system is driving us so fiercely. You know that if you say certain things outside of this room or in in your workplace, if you're suddenly to stand up and say, this is what I think, you're going to get shot down quite quickly. It doesn't mean to say that there aren't times when we are like that. But you know what will overcome? Not our words, but our love, or the love of Jesus through us. That is what overcomes the world. So it's not all about our words, it's our love. But you know, if you feel you're restricted in what you can say, the system, that is the power of the enemy that is around us, that is driving the systems of the world, that system wants to shut us up. It wants to shut the church down. But it's time for people no longer to love their lives so much that they want to hold on to them, but to love God so much they want to give their lives up. It sounds frightening, but you know what? As we give our lives away, so it gives Jesus the opportunity to live in us and to live through us. And the testimony of his grace and his mercy to flow once again into this nation. So we're looking for this new post to be filled. There's lots that we want to do. At present, we have our Achievers that meets downstairs. That's basically naught to five years, and then we have five to 11 years upstairs in one class. We want to change things around so that we can adjust that this wide age range, 5 to 11, a lot is happening in the, between the kids in that. We want to divide that up. That means that we're probably going to make some changes upstairs to the uh, room above me, which is what, the lounge, uh, and divide that into maybe some office space. And uh, So we're creating more spaces for children to meet because we want to reach more children. We have about an average of 35 children meeting here on a Sunday each week. We want to have a vision to say, let's make that 75. Let's reach out to more children. Children, bring mums and dads. It's good for mums and dads to come in here while they're waiting and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ too. We want to connect with people in whatever way we are. When we say we're reaching people, we want to reach people. And who are we going to reach them by? Through us. Through us as the body of Christ. To see us as the living stones reaching out for those people. Now, of course, it's great to talk about change. It's great to talk about such vision to say, right, we want to see this happen because we believe this can grow. Of course, there are always challenges in that. 
One of the challenges that we have in terms of adjusting the groups and the age ranges is that we need more people to serve. Right now, we're looking to have 11 more people who will help to serve with our children's work, not every Sunday, but on the rotors to help out with that. 11 more people. So even this morning, if you're thinking like, wow, okay, they need more people. I, I can, I'm involved in the church. I can do that. Then you need to be speaking to Julia. Julia, pop your hand up. Or Johnny. Johnny, pop your hand up. That was a bit lame, Johnny, actually. That's, that's much better. Yeah. It's Johnny. You need to speak to these people about that because if you can be involved, we need you. We need more people to stand up. We need more people to feel like when I come to church, I don't come and just sit in the, in the pew. I come to, to, to sing. I come to worship. But I also come to say, I want to see the kingdom of God go forward. I want to stand with what's going on. Now, obviously, that's not the only area of life that is, uh, people are needed in the church. I mean, Dan spoke about how much he loves to have new worship people, people who can play instruments, people who want to sing, people who want to get involved. And of course, there is a, you have to go through some channels there because I tried, but he didn't, my voice wasn't quite out <laughs> I can get away with it, though, you see. But so, I mean, I'm just saying that because I know that sometimes we think we are the best musicians when, in truth, that's private in the shower. It's not necessarily public on the stage. But there are, we want to have more people helping us with our sound desk and things like that. So again, there's other areas of service which you can be involved in. And if there's anything to do with the worship team, then please come and see Dan, who's got his hand way up in the air there. Look at that. You can see him. Serving is important, and we need to have these 11 more people right now to help us build that team for the kids' work. Finance is important. Okay, here's the truth. This whole thing is going to put us £14,000 over our budget. Okay, just say, as it is, that's the panic over. Now we have to seek God. We need to have 14,000 pounds in the next year to cover, to help cover the rest of the salary for that person that we want to employ. So there's a step of faith in us taking. That's over 1,000 pounds a month extra that we're looking for. Now I say it like that because you know what? When we're talking about what we want to do, sometimes there's somebody here who just says, 14,000, I've got 14,000 sitting in my bank account. I haven't at the moment, but there might be one of you saying that. And I, I, I want to give in to this. If we don't tell you what the situations are, you wouldn't know. But I am telling you what the situation is. So if you are that person, well, why not make it 15,000? And, and <laughs> then we can probably get the cabling sorted out as well. But, no, but for each of us, there is that case of, am I being faithful to God in my giving? Am I being faithful to God? Is God actually... Am I being faithful with my finances? Because it's not just living on Sundays. This is living for the kingdom. And the kingdom is where God's rule and his authority comes to change. When the priests of God rise up, it starts to affect the spiritual climate. And when there's a ruling in the spiritual realm of the kingdom of God people, it starts to affect the laws of the land. So if you want to see the nation changed, we can do things here which can begin that process. So there's financial responsibilities that we are taking. There's a step that we're taking, and therefore we're just talking about that so you know about that. So if you've been thinking, like, you know what, I know for ages I had a pay increase. I haven't done anything about that. Then I'm asking you to be faithful to God because it's helping to do the work of God here. But also it's not just serving, it's not just giving 
is also our prayers. We need to be in prayer. We're seeking God, that God would bring the right person to help us to move this work forward. And we're asking us all to be prayerful. God, there's an advert that's going out. Get that in the hands of the right person. Get the right person to us so that we can get and employ the right person to come along to us. So there's lots of different things that we're involved with. Let me... Obviously, with reaching out to people, I just want to point something out to you. Um, the Alpha Course is a way that we seek to connect with people. And there is a new Alpha Course that is starting on Wednesday the 13th of September at 7.30. You will have been given, actually, I've remembered now, you've been given these things in your hands. Have you got, got these things in your hands? Or they've been given to you, I think, while we've been talking? One of those is an Alpha Prayer Card, and we used these before. You, I'm talking about, can we reach new people? Are there people that, as you walk down the street, do you know Jesus? Did you know that Jesus loves you? And when they've actually got themselves up off the floor, or rather you have, you might say, have you ever heard of the Alpha Course? This is just a tool that is ready to help us to invite people to. But sometimes we don't even know who to invite, or there are, there are names of people that we'd love to invite, but we don't know how to. Let's use this card to write those names down and, and start praying for them. Because God is able to do what we are unable to do. What is impossible for man, when we were praying upstairs, this came to me, what is impossible for man is possible for God. That's what the scriptures say. Well, so many things are impossible. I don't know who to speak to, what about, when, and how it's going to happen. It's impossible for me to know. Not impossible for him. He knows already. He knows that there are many people I have many people in this city, he said to Paul, who need to hear the message of the kingdom of God. So Paul said, oh, I guess I better stay around in Corinth for a while. And he stayed there for the next two years. What is impossible for man is possible for God. Well, let's start naming some people on these cards. Let's use these cards. So they're there for you just to take home. Some of you might think, I don't know. Others of you might think, I know, I've got three people. I've got one person I want to write down. Well, it just helps us to have a focus. So that's what that card is about. Alpha course starting. Incidentally, it starts on the 13th. That's a taster session that first night. And then the course itself, when you start hearing about Jesus, will be two weeks later. And Yomi is going to be leading that group. So Yomi, just put your hand way up. There it is, look, way up. If you want to have more information about Alpha, then please do speak to Yomi about that. And then Love Bromley, oh no, hang on a second, connect with our ministry teams, that one. That just is another way of saying we need people to help serving and if you feel like I'd love to be able to serve, or I don't want to serve in the kids' church, but I'd love to serve in another area, then there's some boxes there you can tick on, you can just fill that out, you can hand it in and people can connect with you. So it's just a method that we have of connecting with people. But I want to see... People who have an interest in serving in the kids' church, certainly speaking to Johnny or to Julia after the service. This other one says, join a Love Bromley team. Johnny, come and have a chat about Love Bromley. What is God seeking to do in Bromley? Because um, I want this church, a desire for us to be a part of what he's doing. And you know, as Jonathan said, there's much in the world that could cause the church to, to want to take a step back to despair or to fear. But, you know, I believe that God's called us to be a people who are on the front foot, who are pushing, advancing the kingdom. And Love Bromley is one of those things. It's about taking us out into the community in seeking to love our neighbors and seeking to uh, reach them with the gospel. So there's a couple of things. Love Bromley... Um, 
uh, last year was the first time we ventured into this. With Love Bromley, we have this kind of phrase, um, renovating spaces and celebrating community. Last year, our focus probably was more on renovation in Newbury Park down the road. Um, and this, this year, I suppose we're focusing a bit more on celebrating community. Um, there are two things have taking place. One of them we've already embarked on. At uh, the back of the church, in fact, we have 5,000 of these. You might be thinking, why have we printed so many? This is uh, one of the key ways in we're seeking Love Bromley to be a blessing to our community. It is a calendar with 43 days of free things that people can do with their families over the summer holidays. Um, it's a great tool. Uh, Jonathan and I went to visit a fun day that was taking place at Whitehall Recreation Ground um, after school had finished on, on Friday, handing as many of these out as we could. And it was one of the kind of thing, I'm not used to this. Normally when I hand things out, people are like, oh, no, I'm all right. But when they heard it was a calendar full of free stuff that they could do, um, like uh, mothers and fathers saying, I want one, I want one, I want one. It's a great way in which we can be a blessing to families who are a bit lost, not sure what to do over the summer. And uh, it's a great way for you to begin to connect to people that perhaps you've struggled to connect to in the past. So my hope is that every one of us today could take at least 10 of these away with you. Um, and, um, you know, I was talking to, to Helen and Dennis earlier. I'm the same as her. There are some neighbors over the road that you've kind of said hello to at times, but you've never knocked on their door. You've never actually um, been able to engage with them properly. It's kind of just a, a wave and a, and a hi. Um, this, this gives opportunity to go knock on a neighbor's door, put something in their hands and say, um, this is something that my church has produced for, uh, to bless families over the summer. Um, it says there's a whole load of information about different things um, and a little bit about the church as well. So it's just a way of breaking down some barriers and introducing uh, someone. One of the things we said last year in terms of Love Bromley, we did some great work down the road, but we didn't have a lot of exposure. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a park hidden away, and not many neighbors are kind of, some did, but not many uh, come by. Uh, we wanted to put the church in a place where it would be exposed to as many people as possible, and this is what this is doing. Um, so um, I would love you to take away, uh, use it yourselves, families. Um, you'll find it very helpful, I'm sure. Um, but take, take a bunch away. We've got thousands, and uh, put them in the, uh, people's hands that you know. The other thing to say is that even just going up on the high street, handing them out, uh, people are very receptive, very thankful once they hear what it is. You've got to actually say it's a calendar full of free things. Otherwise, the normal thing is, no, I don't want extra bits of paper. But as soon as they hear what it is, they want to receive it. Um, so if anyone here, if you've got a, a spare hour this week uh, where you're not doing anything, please come into the church Take a bunch of these and spend an hour just giving them out uh, to families as they pass on the high street um, because it's, a, it's a, a way of which we can outreach to as many people as possible. The culmination of the 43 days of, uh, of free things is the free events that we as a church are putting on on Saturday, the 2nd of September. So the last thing in the diary, and uh, we are looking to host a family fun zone taking place um, up on the grass area on uh, Church House Gardens near the Churchill Theatre. Um, it's it's going to be quite simple, uh, an area for families to come to, a few inflatables, some crafts, some games taking place. It's just about us being in the community, bringing joy to people and making a first connection. 
you would have received one of these. Um, and uh, we are looking for team members to make that happen. And uh, we'd love you to fill this out and hand it in uh, today, if possible. Um, the actual uh, area is open from 1 till 4 p.m. And we need setup team and set down team. And there are five ways in which you could get involved. We'd love you to tick more than one so we can try and fill everything. Um, there will be a kind of a prayer tent, an opportunity to pray for people during the uh, fun zone time. We need stewards. We need people who we've put down as connections and primarily your people to uh, go and introduce yourself to a family, talk to people, engage with people. It's something that you love doing. Uh, we'd like to get you doing that. Um, we have a crafts team and people running our information tent as well. Um, please, if you could fill that out today, hand it into the information desk. Um, we want to pack, um, just to be sure that we've got enough people um, and energy to make this happen. Um, so that's all happening on Saturday the 2nd. That goes into your diary. This gets filled out and given uh, to the team at the back. Thank you. Guys, you want to come up? I've only got another 10 minutes or so. That's not true. So you've heard some of the things that we're about. Love Bromley, what we want to get involved in, how we want to make changes with our children's work, some of the finances that we need to raise. But there is one key thing that I want you all to get in your spirits. That is, we want to see people being saved and added to God's kingdom. And that is going to involve me. And for all of us, we need to say it's going to involve me. By the power of God, who is at work in us, he is able to do far abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. He is able to take us from people who feel scared and afraid or worried or concerned of what people may think of us or what our reputation is or what we can say or what we can, can't say to take us into being agents of his kingdom that would see others being saved and transformed, to see families being rescued, see mums and dads' lives being turned around because of the power of Jesus, which is what we really believe in. We believe that there is power in the name of Jesus. And he is able to break the chains that hold us. He is able to set captives free. He is able to do that. And we as a church, as a community of people who know God, we want to give ourselves to that. We want to see those things come to pass. We want to connect with people and enable them to come to know him. Just one last thing for your diaries. Uh, on the 7th of October, so this is just for your diary, save the date, 7th of October, and in actual fact, the first week in October, there's going to be a prayer team coming over from uh, Mark's church. Uh, they're going to be here, we're going to be praying together. But on the 7th, we're going to have a worship and prayer time here. We're going to be inviting other churches in. The simple idea of that is we just say, God, we want you to help us reach our community. We're not quite sure where to start or what to do, but we believe that you are God and that you are able to speak to us and help us, particularly in that realm of working with other churches. We are not the only church in Bromley. There are other great churches in Bromley. We want to work with them because we believe we're about the same thing, to see souls being saved and won for the kingdom of God. And so on that date, so get that date in your diary. There'll be more about that coming up, but I just wanted to, to mention that to you. Please do, let's stand up. Let's just uh, worship as Obed leads us in that. Thank you, Obed.